A few years ago, I prayed to be filled with the Spirit and His boldness, and as a result, I stepped out in faith and invited all of the mums at the bus stop to come with me to Alpha. At the time, one of their husbands asked if he could come too, which of course I said, yes, everyone is welcome. And he came and he had the most amazing, transformative experience throughout Alpha. But the story doesn't end there. He went on to be a future Alpha leader. And he went on to he himself seek to be filled with the Spirit and his boldness. And he went on in that boldness to share his faith with his friends and his neighbors and his colleagues and his family. A year ago, I got to baptize his daughter when she came to her own understanding of faith. And just last weekend, he and his daughter invited another family to church. We had an amazing baptism service last weekend. And after that service, we got a message from that mom and that daughter saying that they both want to get baptized at the next possible opportunity. How amazing was last weekend. All glory to God. And those who know me will know that one of my favorite things in the whole world is to share my faith with people that don't know Jesus yet. It brings me so much joy and so much life, and I love to do it any chance I get. But what you might not know about me is that I don't usually feel very bold before I do it. (laughs) It's the filling of the Spirit that gives me the boldness I need for those kinds of conversations and invitations. And I wonder if that's something that you also are longing for. A little more boldness, a little more power, perhaps a specific spiritual gift. My name's Rachel, Um, I'm one of the pastors here and I'm so glad that you chose to join your spirit-filled church family on this Mother's Day. Thanks for being here. And as Pastor Mark shared a moment ago in the video, we are today in the third part of our DNA series, a series on what makes us unique as a church. So far in that series, we've looked at how we are reformed, we are egalitarian. Today, we're going to look at how we are spirit-filled. Taken together, these three are a truly unique combination, and I'm so glad to get to be part of such a special church. So you're probably wondering what we mean when we say that we seek to be spirit-filled. Put very simply, we seek to be open to the work of the Holy Spirit. Like our Reformed brothers and sisters, we believe that the person of the Holy Spirit is active in drawing us to Christ, in uniting us with Christ, and making us more like Christ. But we don't believe that that's all the Spirit has for us. We believe that the Spirit does more than his involvement in our salvation and our sanctification. We hold two distinctive beliefs about what it means to be Spirit-filled that make us stand out and be different from some of our brothers and sisters. So firstly, we believe that you can be filled by the Holy Spirit continuously. That is, over and over and over again. And secondly, we believe he continues to gift us with the full range of spiritual gifts outlined in Scripture, including those that are a little more miraculous. To see how the Spirit fills us continuously, let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 18. 
And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. If we dig a little deeper into this text, we discover that what looks like be filled in the Greek actually could better be translated, all of you, keep on being filled. This isn't talking about a one-time occurrence, but an ongoing, consistent practice in the life of a believer. It's a command, so this isn't something optional in our lives as Christians. It's in the passive tense, so it's something that we allow the Spirit to do in us. And it's a plural word, so this is a command for all of us. This applies to us all. We are all to keep on being filled by the Spirit. A balloon analogy can be helpful here. You can fill a balloon once, and we would call it full. But you can also fill a balloon a second and a third time and so on. It gets a little bigger, but we would still describe it as being full. Now, why would you ever need to fill a balloon a second or a third time? Well, because it leaks and we're kind of a bit like that too. It's the same with us. We need to keep on being filled by the Spirit. We believe around here that we need to be continuously filled with the Spirit on a daily, sometimes hourly basis. So that's our first distinctive belief about being Spirit-filled. We seek to be continuously filled by the Spirit. And our second distinctive belief is that we believe the Spirit continues to gift us with all the spiritual gifts outlined in Scripture. You might call us continuationists as opposed to cessationists. Cessationists believe that some of those spiritual gifts ceased to be in operation when the Bible as we currently have it came to completion. Continuationists, on the other hand, that's us, we believe that all of those gifts continue to be in play. Now, my family like to tease me about how much I like gifts. I wonder if any of you got any sweet Mother's Day gifts today. This is the first year I'm not up here wearing rainbow-colored jewelry. I've always felt a little bit awkward about admitting that I like gifts, but as I get older, I'm learning to embrace this about myself. I really do appreciate them. For me, it's less about the gift itself and more about that feeling that I get when I receive something that I love and that moment of connection, realizing that person gets me. They know me. They love me. To me, that gift represents and reminds me of the connection I have with that person. It's a physical reminder of their love for me. But the very best thing about gifts is being able to give them. That's the fun part, right? Last week, I had this moment where I looked at my desk at home, and on it was lined up all these different gifts that I'd got prepared to give out to friends for celebrations. And I realized just how excited I get about being able to give gifts to people. And it's the same way with our spiritual gifts. Our Heavenly Father loves to give good gifts to his kids, and he's got them all lined up. He's got all sorts, and he hasn't stopped giving out some of them. He's got all sorts of gifts that he is ready to give his kids. 
And the fun doesn't stop there. When we get these gifts, we also get the joy of giving them away. We get to give these gifts away to others. There's several spaces in scripture that we can go to to learn about spiritual gifts. And we find teaching in places like Romans and 1 Corinthians, Ephesians, 1 Peter on this topic. Today we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 12, where we find those more miraculous gifts listed out. And 1 Corinthians and Acts and a bunch of other places are really good places to go if you want to learn more about spiritual gifts. So there's some homework for you if you want to dig a little more. But today we're doing 1 Corinthians 12, starting at verse 4. You can see that on the screen. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, and to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues." All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So there's a number of important lessons we can learn from this text. Firstly, we all have a gift, but we don't all have the same one. Secondly, it's up to God to decide which one or ones that we get. And all of the gifts come from God, and therefore they are equally valuable. All the gifts have the same purpose, the common good. And as Paul says several times in the rest of this letter, we are to earnestly desire spiritual gifts. We can and we should ask for spiritual gifts. This passage lists just a few of those spiritual gifts, and taken together with other texts around the Bible, we can get an idea of what kind of gifts the Spirit might give to us. I'm going to read out a list of what those gifts are, and as I do that, I want you to think about somebody that comes to mind who you see has that gift. The gift of administration. Thank you, Jesus, for those people. (laughs) Apostleship craftsmanship, discernment, evangelism, encouragement, faith, giving, healing, interpretation, knowledge, leadership, mercy, miracles, shepherding, prophecy, service, teaching, tongues, and wisdom. Some of these gifts are pretty easy to wrap our minds around. I bet you can quickly identify someone in your life who has the gift of administration or leadership or teaching. But prophecy, tongues, and knowledge, well, they need a little bit more explanation. So we're going to go through those right now. Put very simply, prophecy means message. The gift of prophecy is the ability to communicate a message from God. And since God has already revealed himself to us in his word, if that message is truly from God, it's never going to contradict anything that we find in his word. It's always going to line up. 
As Pastor Ellis taught us last week, Scripture is our highest authority. At Chapel Hill, we believe that the preached word is more than simply teaching. It's a proclamation. It's prophetic. Every time a preacher gets up here, they've been praying as they've prepared the message for God to give them a prophetic word, asking that question of the Lord, what is it that you would have me say from your word to these people for this time? For example, in preparing the message today, God impressed upon me to speak about the distinctive power and boldness of the Spirit and to pray especially that we might recognize God wants to give us these gifts. We might desire to receive those gifts and in faith ask for that. This sense of what God's message is for particular people at a particular time is not just a gift that we use on a Sunday morning. It's one that gets used in life groups, in our prayer team, in pastoral counseling, and many other places in the church. So that's prophecy. Knowledge is also very closely perfected to connected to prophecy, a knowledge of something that you wouldn't have been able to know unless God revealed it to you. Again, if it's from God, it's going to line up with what he has to say in scripture. And I will say we do have to use a lot of common sense and Holy Spirit wisdom to know whether that knowledge is given to us simply so we can pray more effectively for a person or whether it is something that we're supposed to share with them. In Alpha, we often see God using this gift to build up faith in another person. When God uses us, gives us this gift of knowledge to reveal something about a guest, sometimes they can experience God's love or have faith that he wants to heal them or know that he wants us to answer their prayers in a very specific individual kind of way. This gift of knowledge can be used to help somebody to feel known by God. When people talk about having words or pictures, this is often what they're referring to. For example, when Alice and I were praying 11 years ago about whether God would have us move to Chapel Hill to Gig Harbor to serve at the church, I had a picture while we were praying. A picture that I now know is a picture that many of you have probably seen. The view from the top of the Finholm steps looking into the harbor. Now, I didn't know where Gig Harbor was. I didn't know we could see Mount Rainier. I didn't know it was that beautiful. When we continued to research and pray and discern, we came across photos on Google of that view, and it was a moment of, oh my goodness, God, you've shown me this. And it was one piece of the puzzle that confirmed that God was asking us to move here to serve the church. So that's prophecy and knowledge. But what about tongues? Tongues is a supernatural language. Sometimes it looks like the supernatural ability to speak in a human language that you've never learned. Sometimes it's not a known human language, but if there was a person with the gift of interpretation, they would be able to tell you what words you are saying. On the day of Pentecost that we find in Acts 2, the gift of tongues is a very obvious sign that the promised Holy Spirit has come. And the practice of tongues in that moment enabled the gospel to be spread to people of all languages and all cultures. 
And very practically, tongues was the tool that God chose to use on that day to facilitate unity in the early church. Scripture is very clear that the use of tongues in a corporate setting always needs to be followed by an interpretation. And that's so that it might have a similar impact. Tongues is not meant to confuse, but to communicate the work of God. As we learn in Romans 8, this language can also aid us in prayer. The Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And I've often found myself praying in tongues when I'm praying fervently, but I don't know how to articulate what I'm trying to say. Or in moments where I just don't have the words, I don't know what to pray, but I want to ask God that he would give me his words since he does know what to pray. Sometimes I have a sense of what in general terms that I'm praying for as I'm speaking in tongues. I might be reminded of a scripture or perhaps a theme from scripture. And other times, I don't know. I would need someone with the gift of interpretation to know what I'm saying. Um, But it can be helpful because it frees up my mind to focus on listening to God more than the words that I'm saying with my own lips. Now, I've never personally experienced the ability to speak in a human tongue that I never learnt, but others have seen this happen to powerful effect. And if you ever come to one of our Alpha weekends, um, one of the things that we get to learn about is a moment that this happened. One of the stories in the Alpha videos is of a moment that God used this kind of a gift to bring someone to faith. As we affirmed when we read scripture together earlier, God loves to give good gifts to his children. And these are just a few of what that might be. He wants to fill you with his spirit and he wants to gift you with gifts that build up the body of Christ. In a moment, we're gonna take some time to pray, to be filled again with the Holy Spirit and to receive his spiritual gifts. But before we get into that, I do want to say, this isn't just something reserved for when we get together on a Sunday morning. This is something you can do in your own prayer time at home. So I want to challenge you in your prayer time this week to take a moment every day to just quiet yourself, open up your hands, and pray, come Holy Spirit. Take some time to be still, to listen to ask him if he would give you a gift, to give you wisdom to know how to use the gifts you already have to build up the body, maybe to give you that boldness to share your faith. I was ordained in the height of COVID, and the final step of that ordination process is to have a worship service where we say vows about the role that we're about to take in step into, and we also receive prayer from the elders to be filled with the Spirit and anointed for the call ahead. Now, in that moment, and in the time leading up to it, I was so aware of my need to be filled with the Spirit, that despite COVID, despite the fact that I very rarely stand up for myself, I insisted that the elders crowd around me, lay hands on me, and pray for me to be filled and anointed with the Spirit. I was keenly aware of my need to be filled with the Spirit so that I might be made more like Christ, 
Love people more like Christ. Point more people to Christ. Be given his boldness and his giftings to build up the church. I knew that in myself I couldn't possibly hope to come close to fulfilling this call on my life. I needed desperately to be filled and gifted with the Spirit. And that New Testament model of laying hands on a person to receive the Spirit was significant to me as a physical marker of that moment. And it was so powerful. We all need that filling. And God wants to fill each and every one of us. We all have reasons why we need to be filled today, whether that's to have the Spirit gift us, the faith we need for salvation, to sanctify us, to make us more like Jesus, or to gift us with gifts that will build up the body of Christ. So if you want to be filled with the Spirit, in a moment I'm going to invite you to come forward and receive prayer. We're asking our prayer team and our elders, and I'm just going to call it, if you've done prayer ministry training and a prayer ministry time at that Alpha weekend, would you also come forward at this time and come and be at the front? These... This team, they're going to lay hands on you and pray for you. They'll ask your name, and then they will lay a hand on your shoulder. If your name's Rachel, it will sound like this. Rachel, be filled with the Spirit. I want to encourage you to kneel. I'm anticipating, because I'm full of faith and expectancy, that we're going to have a lot of people that want this. So just find a space at the front. If we need more space, use the aisles. Come, come down from the balcony, and if you're at home, you can participate in this too. Kneel down and open up your hands. Open your hands and receive the filling of the Holy Spirit. doesn't matter if you've never done this before. It doesn't matter if you've done it a hundred times. We can be filled over and over and over. And I want you to have this opportunity today to get to see what good gift that God wants to give to you. So team, would you come forward and be at the front with us? When the Holy Spirit fills us, this experience can look a number of different ways. If you read scripture, you'll see that. Sometimes he comes as a quiet, gentle whisper. Other times it's tongues of fire, like on Pentecost. So this moment is not about seeking a certain spiritual experience. Um, being filled with the Spirit is always about pointing to Christ and glorifying him and giving him the fame and glory. But it is always worth preparing you so you know what to expect. <laughs> Uh, we want to be open to what he has to do. So we're going to see what that is. Again, it's very simple. Just come forward and receive prayer. Sometimes, just to prepare you, sometimes people do have a physical response to being filled with the Spirit. So occasionally, sometimes we see people crying, shaking, maybe laughing with the joy of the Lord or feeling heat in the area of their body that God is healing. There's a lot of different things that the Spirit has the power to do for our good and for the good of the church. This isn't going to look the same for every person and it isn't going to look the same every time. But I can promise you that God is good and he is the God of peace. And so there's not going to be confusion or craziness here. We are just going to come with faith and expectancy that he wants to do this work in us. So I'm going to pray and then I invite you to come forward and receive prayer from our team here. Father, you are a good, good Father, and we come in faith and expectancy, trusting the words that you've said in Scripture, that you want us to ask, 
that we can come and ask for gifts from you, that we can come and trust that you will make us more like Jesus, that you can give us the power to do things we are scared to do on our own, like sharing our faith. So Father, today we come in expectancy, asking that you would fill us for your work, for your glory, that we might more effectively point others to you, that we might more effectively be your hands and feet to serve one another and to serve this community. I pray right now that you would fill everyone in this room and at home who's participating in this service with a boldness to ask in faith. Would you gift them that faith that they can ask? Would you remove any barrier to them being able to do that, whether that's doubt or fear or insecurity? We pray against those things and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come in your power right now. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us today at Chapel Hill Church. If you'd like to visit us in person, we're located at 7700 Scancy Avenue, Gig Harbor, Washington, 98335. Our worship services are Sundays at 9 and 1030 a.m. We'd love to meet you. To learn more about Chapel Hill and find out about upcoming events, visit us online at chapelhillpc.org.